What's up? Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, March 9th, 2015. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studios here in Dorchester, Massachusetts. It was a crazy weekend in the National Football League, a league that that loves itself. They love their own deadlines. They love their own schedule. It's a 24-7, 365 season. And uh, you had this legal tampering period. Free agency officially hasn't begun by the league schedule. That begins tomorrow. That begins on March 10th, and teams need to be uh, cap compliant by tomorrow, Tuesday, at 4 o'clock, I believe. Uh, but you still have the reports of teams that signed players or at least came to agreements on players. Those things were leaked, and uh, with this big news. And a lot of the news is here in the AFC East. And I said yesterday on WEEI, you know, call it the AFC least uh, no more. You know, people who might want to knock the Patriots for continuing to win a division that's no good outside of their team. Uh, look, they can't really do that anymore because there is superstar talent coming into this division. Uh, now, not necessarily quarterbacks, but, uh, you know, certainly some big-name players. Ndamukong Sue is one of them. He is going to the Miami Dolphins, and he improves a Dolphins team that I believe is the closest team in this division to, uh, you know, to, to be competitive to the point where maybe by week 14, 15, 16, we're talking about an actual competition for the division, right? I think the Dolphins are the team that's closest to accomplishing that goal. I like the quarterback in Tannehill. Um, I think outside of Brady, Tannehill's the best quarterback in the division. It's not even close. Then, you know, I've liked Miami's defense the last couple of years. You add an Adamic and Sue. Now, look, it's a crazy deal. $114 million over six years, $60 million guaranteed. Technically, Adamic and Sue hasn't won shit, but he is an impact player on the defense, and the Dolphins bring him in thinking one thing and one thing only, how do you get to Tom Brady, and how do you take Tom Brady down to the, uh, to the ground twice a year? Not more. Hope they hope more than twice a year, but for two games each season, uh, consistently. That's what they're going to be looking to do: put pressure on Tom Brady, not just in Miami, uh, but also when they end up coming to Gillette uh, for their game each season uh, to play the Patriots. So that's a big signing for the Dolphins. We already knew the deal that the Bills made. They had traded last week for Lashawn McCoy over the weekend. He agreed to a new contract, five years, forty million. $26.5 million guaranteed. McCoy will make $16 million in his first season, according to his agent. And this morning, early this morning, the news with the New England Patriots, they have re-signed, guess who it is? Devin McCourty. They re-signed Devin McCourty. Five years, $47.5 million, $28.5 guaranteed. Gives him the most guaranteed money for an NFL safety in 2015. So you can't say the Patriots didn't spend. And the funny thing with the McCourty deal is, the story is that McCourty called Bill Belichick and said, hey, I'm moving on. There's a deal out there that I'd like to take. And I don't, look, they're going to tell us his story. I don't know if that was him actually telling the truth or that's just a big-time negotiation tactic. Could have been negotiation tactic. 
wouldn't put it past him. He knew he wanted to stay here, and he tried to get as much money out of the Patriots as he possibly could, and the Patriots paid the, they paid the kid. They gave him $28.5 million guaranteed. Now, I, we haven't seen what this deal, as of early this afternoon on Monday, I have not seen what uh, the structure of this contract is with regards to the Patriots' salary cap hit uh, next season because that will affect here what's going to happen with Darrell Revis, and that is the guy that we keep wondering about what is going to happen with Darrell Revis. And it's funny because I heard Adam Schefter earlier this morning on ESPN, and he talks about McCourty, and he says the first thing, the first question you have is, what does the Devin McCourty signing for the Patriots mean for Darrell Revis and his future in New England? And Schefter put it this way. He said it's going to come down to two teams, the Patriots and the New York Jets. And it's going to come down to two things, he says. Money with the Jets, more money with New York, or the much better chance of winning in New England while not making as much money. And, you know, I read a, I'm reading a great piece today from Jeff Howe of the Boston Herald. Make sure you check it out at bostonherald.com. Uh, he gives basically the, the three things that can happen here in the next 24 hours. He says, one, the Patriots and Revis could reach a contract extension by basically ripping up the $20 million option against the cap, $20 million cap hit for 2015, ripping that up, and which would immediately free up $20 million against the cap for the Patriots. And with the, tw- with the $20 million right now on the books, if we look at it like that, if that's how you want to look at it, the Patriots are somewhere between... Um, 10 million and 14.6 million over the cap. Now, there's two different two different numbers because the league came out with a memo and then the players association also came out with a memo and each side had different uh, numbers for how much the Patriots were over the cap. One at 10.7, one at 14.6. But let's just say 14.6. In, in this, let, let's say the Patriots are fourteen point six million over the cap with the Darrell Revis twenty million dollar option in place. Let's say that's the case. If they rip it up, if it basically gives them what six, maybe a little less than six million to 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 give Darrell Revis under the cap. Now you might look at that and say, um, what does that? You know, what, what is that actually going to do for Darrell Revis? How, how would Darrell Revis, why would Darrell Revis come to the Patriots under that cap? Well, there's, things, there's, way you can, there's a way you can get creative with it, obviously. You give, you know, the guaranteed money. I, I expect that the Patriots, if they need to somehow make room under the cap, um, I expect them to get creative with Darrell Revis. I, I do. And this, so that's one option that they can rip it up immediately and give them an extension right away, right? That they can do that, and then they'll be under the cap by the, by the 4 p.m. deadline. Now, in fairness, we don't know what McCourty's cap hit will be, so you have to factor that into how much they actually still will have given McCourty's cap hit. So since we don't know that, we technically can't even think of a number for Darrell Revis's cap hit. At least I can't right now. I, I don't know. But the second option is the Patriots and Revis cannot reach an extension today, so they decline the option, immediately save $20 million under the cap, and then eventually 
they could work out a deal, but Revis is exposed to free agency. To me, that's a that's a that's a bad option. All right, that's a bad option. If if I'm the Patriots, and I said this yesterday on my weekend radio show on Weei, uh, I said, and and I really do feel this way. If you let Revis go to free agency, here's what you're risking. You're risking because people have tweeted and said things like. Well, it's not that big a deal if Revis hits the free agent market because there's not going to be that many teams that are going to have the money to pay Revis what he wants. And I agree with that, but the concern I have with that that logic is that all you need is one. All you need is one GM to get crazy. All you need is one GM to say, fuck this, I'm getting nuts. What does Darrell Revis want? We'll give him more than that. Right? To the point where even the Patriots, as valuable as they know Revis is to their team and their championship hopes the next couple of years, you get to a point where they can't even afford it. All it takes is one. Now, Adam Schefter points out that that one is going to be the Jets. I, I, me? I haven't ruled out the Bills and what they're going to do. Uh, teams can get creative here before 4 o'clock tomorrow. Free up cap space. Give the guys some crazy money. You got Rex Ryan with the Bills. You know, we, you know, I'm sure he would love to have Revis. Who wouldn't? But maybe there's a team we're not thinking of that sneaks up out of nowhere and says, hey, Revis, what do you want? We'll give you more than that. And Revis, the businessman that he is, I have no, look, if he wants to go out and get the money, go get the money. Go get the money. Um, but that's the risk that you have. One GM to get crazy here in, in the next 24 hours. Number three, the Patriots and Revis cannot reach an extension today, and they end up picking up Revis's option for 20 mil. I will tell you right now that while it's you have to put the you have to put that down as an option because technically they did sign him to a two-year deal, and technically by the terms of the contract, this is still in place. But that is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, one, I you know it would be crazy to do that. Two, they just they technically can't afford it, right? If they did that, they would have to work out some other things. Uh, with either Nate Solder, uh, Jeff Howe points out Solder, Mayo, Browner, Arrington, uh, Danny Amendola. Those are possibilities. They could go to them. They could restructure. They could cut someone. Um, if I'm looking at this, Mayo, I would think Mayo would be someone you look at. Nate Solder, someone you could look at to restructure as well. But ultimately, I don't think they're going to pick up the $20 million option. And I think the best option here is option number one that Jeff gives, which is they meet with Revis, they try to work out a deal, and they say, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to rip up the 20 mil here in the next 24 hours, rip up that part of the contract, and give you what you want, and then we'll make moves you know, outside of that to make that fit so that you don't even test the free agent market. Now, Revis might say, no, I want to know what I'm worth. I, I want to know if, if I can get more than that. And, and the Patriots... They might be saying, hey, you know what? Test it out. See what you're worth because we don't want to overpay. You know, for all the Patriots know, they might have a number in mind. And if Revis goes to free agency, perhaps nobody even comes close to that number. And then the Patriots end up coming down and still being the team that gives him more money. Get what I'm saying? The Patriots are in a position where they probably don't want to overpay. At least that's going to be their mindset. I would think that's their mindset if it's gone this far and if Revis actually is allowed to test free ag- the free agent market. But I don't like that strategy if I'm the Patriot. 
from the Patriots' side. I don't like it because, as I said, you're risking someone to get crazy. And I think uh, the, the idea of somebody, one GM, getting crazy and giving him a ton of money, the risk of that, of that is much greater than the idea of, a, of teams eh, saying, no, we're not going to give him the big contract, and the Patriots would end up saving, getting him cheaper than what they originally thought they would. I don't think that part of this is, I don't think that's going to happen. So, I, I think it, it, right now, we're in a spot where McCourty's coming back to the Patriots, and we're wondering, how do you fit both in? I, I did, there was a, there's a part of me that thought it was going to be one or the other. There was a part of me that honestly thought going into this that, eh, you know, you cut Will Fork. I, I still don't know if, if you're going to be able to bring back both McCourty and Revis. I, that would be my best case scenario, right, to bring both of those guys back. But as we know, Revis, the businessman that he is, he's going to go out and he's going to try to get the big deal. I don't have a problem with it. I'm not going to knock the player to get paid, especially in this league where guys are just cut and moved uh, and, and the entire contract isn't guaranteed. You know, I, I'm, o- I'm okay with the player going out and taking the big deal. But I'm not okay if the Patriots decide, hey, you know, we're not going to give him the most money and we're just going to hope he wants to win. I would hope that the Patriots at this point, wherever we're at, wherever they're at, or wherever they end up being, if Revis comes back, does test out free NSC, comes back to him with a number, I just hope the Patriots match it. And if it's a number that they say to themselves, look, under our calculations, we just can't fit that under the cap, I hope they go out and make a move and make some room for it. I do. I hope they make some room for it. Um, they need Darrell Revis. I can't stress that enough. I really can't stress that enough. And especially now you look around the division and you see teams improving. Um, I think that you absolutely... It's just a no-brainer. You have to bring him back. You have to make room for him. But we'll we'll see. I, I just hope – I really do hope the option I – ho- I hope we hear a story here in the next 24 hours that says, Rep, Revis, they ripped up the 20 mil, but in the process they came to an agreement on a multi-year contract. I don't know. I don't like hearing that the Jets – and just the Patriots are in, and the logic for it is that the Jets will give more money, the Patriots won't, but they'll have this this other aspect of it that is, hey, you can come here and win. I tell you what, the Jets have a new coach. He's a defensive-minded guy, right, in, in balls, from coming from Arizona. Uh, listen, I, I mean, he might like what's going on there. He might absolutely like what they're, what they're going to try to do. In, in New York. So, <laughs> I, I, will, I will honestly, I will honestly tell you that if the Patriots lose Darrell Revis, they will not win a championship next year. They won't. I'm not telling you that a team in the division will win the division before the Patriots next year. I, I won't do that. But I will, I will honestly tell you, they, I don't believe that, I do not believe that they are going to win a championship next year without Darrell Revis. I think he was that important. I think he was. I, I had somebody call into the show yesterday say, well, what if they lost to Baltimore? Would you still want? Well, first of all, they didn't lose to fucking Baltimore, okay? So I don't even know why you're saying that. It doesn't make, that's like fantasy world of, in the past of things that didn't happen. Is that what we're going to do? No, I mean, we're not, I'm not going to do it. They didn't lose to Baltimore. 
They didn't lose to Indy. They didn't, and someone said, well, what if they lost to Seattle? And they didn't lose to Seattle. So, I mean, what are, we, what are we bringing up the past false information for? I don't even know what that fucking means. Some people that call in, man, just, I, I, don't, know what they, I don't know what they're doing. They're sipping on something. But, if, look, if you don't want Darrell Rivas back with the Patriots, or if you think, if you think that, this, that this team defensively will be in good shape just because they brought McCourty back and didn't bring Rivas back, I'm not going to go for it. Who's going to be the... Honestly, who's the guy they're going to bring in? How are you going to upgrade that? You see, when they lost Tlaib, they upgraded. You can't upgrade from Darrell Rivas. So what are you going to do? Man, I just... I can't believe we're even here right now. I just assumed... I just assumed that when they came out with this two-year deal, you looked at the $20 million, you said, okay, they're not going to pay that $20 million cap hit. That said, I, I, at least my mindset was I assumed, hey... They'll get something done before the end of the season. And it's not like the Patriots aren't negotiating. They signed Marcus Cannon to a contract extension. You know, they signed Chung to one. I mean, they they got... I know the money's different and the play is different. And I know there's an aspect of this that might, you know, that you might be able to say, hey, maybe Revis is the guy. He's a businessman. Maybe he's the guy that wanted to wait and see, um, that wanted to do that. Right, wanted to test the free agent market. Maybe he's the one that's pushing it. And maybe it's both. You know, I don't think we know for sure. But I, I would think that if Revis, as much of a businessman that he is, I would think that him and his camp have a pretty good idea of the, of, of the upcoming market value, right? I mean, you don't just, you don't just go into an offseason and, and just wing it and just start throwing numbers against the wall. I think they had a pretty good idea during the season what the numbers could be for him in the free agent market during the season. And as we find out now, I mean, tampering, the team's Tampa, they contact people. People know. Revis's agent knew. And I'm pretty sure that they had a number during the regular season that if the Patriots were to reach, give him that number during the regular season, that they would have had to at least think about agreeing to. I don't think Revis, I think that would be bad business on Revis's part if he just said to himself during the season, well, the Patriots came to me with this awesome contract, but I'm just going to reject it because I need to test the free agent market. Even as a businessman, you got to consider a deal that's pretty good for you. So I guess I'm wondering why something like that never happened. I just sort of assumed it would, that they would get something done, but they didn't. So, we'll wait and see. Who knows? By the time you listen to this podcast, maybe something is done. But I'm telling you how I feel about it before anything's done. All we know is that Devin McCourty right now, as of Monday morning, is back with the Patriots. And he got big money, 28 and a half guaranteed. It's the highest guaranteed money for a safety in the National Football League in 2015. Five years, 47.5 mil. As of this morning, I don't know the cap hit. So it's tough to even try to put a number on what Revis's cap hit should, could, or would be. Uh, so let's take it easy with numbers for a minute. All I can tell you is this. If Revis comes to the Patriots with a number that the Jets have and Revis says, you can get me at this and we'll sign this thing right now and I'll stay in New England. If the Patriots don't match that, I'm going to crush them for it. And I think a lot of people should crush them for it too. You know, if the Patriots say, we just don't have the room for it. Well, fucking make room. Make room for it. Man, got to make room for Revis. I hope they do. We'll see. What else happened? NFL free agency. We got uh, we got some guys. Andre Johnson's going to be cut by the Houston Texans today. If I'm the Patriots, you don't realize. 33 years old. 
you know, three years ago when you had conversations about him, maybe. But right now, I mean, look, Brady threw four touchdowns in the Super Bowl to four different receivers, right? Do they really need – here's what they need. They need guys to block for Brady, and the receivers they'll have will be fine. They need the offensive line to be good. <laughs> and, the, and Brady will all of a sudden start spreading out the football. That That's how I feel about that. Um, speaking of quarterbacks – you got some moves there as well. Mark Sanchez re-ups with the Eagles two years. A maximum of 16 mil, five and a half guaranteed. What does that mean for Nick Foles? What does that mean for Foles? I mean, we hear the Eagles might move up in the draft and get Mariota, right? Because he's an Oregon guy. Chip Kelly bringing in his Oregon guys. He lets Ma- In the meantime, he lets Jeremy Macklin go. Jeremy Macklin's going to go to Kansas City, signs with Kansas City. So think about the plays the Eagles have lost the last couple of years. So what is going to happen with Foles? I don't know. Maybe Foles has moved. Maybe he's traded. Maybe he's traded to use him to move up in the draft. I have no idea. Maybe the Jets are a team that is saying, hey, well, you want our pick? You, you want to trade up? You want to get Mariota? Well, we'll take Nick Foles off your hands. I, maybe something like that happens. I have no idea. Uh, the Eagles... But the, here's where the Eagles did get better, defensively. Cornerback Byron Maxwell from the Seahawks, formerly of the Seahawks, signed a five-year, $54 million deal with the Eagles. That's a big move for them. That's a big move uh, for Philly. I like that move. They also get running back Frank Gore. And other news that's sort of break, just breaking out, uh, Patrick Willis, linebacker for the 49ers, at the age of 30, is going to retire. He's going to call it quits. Patrick Willis is a beast, absolute beast. You want what was he do? Seven mil this year, and I believe close to eight mil next year in 2016. Free agent 2017, 30 years old. I what? I wonder what what could happen. I wonder if he really is retiring. I wonder. You know, you hear something like that, and ah, he's young. He can still play. I'm sure he can play at a decent level. Decent enough where he could be good for a team. He's a veteran player. Pro bowler almost every year, right? I think he made the Pro Bowl first seven years of his career. Um, I mean, this guy's a beast. I ever tell you my Patrick Willis story, Pete? Me and Patrick Willis? No, you got a story? No, I got a Patrick Willis story. So I used to cover the Patriots for Comcast Sportsnet. I was a reporter. These are my reporting days. I'm not a reporter anymore. Um, I did, I just, that wasn't really my thing, but that's how I, you know, I, I, I got my foot in the door a little bit in this business, especially in this town. Um, I cover the Patriots, so they would send me in, Tommy Curran would always send me into the visitor's locker room. You know, sometimes I enjoyed doing it, so that's why he did it, because I did express, uh, joy by being outside of the Patriots room, because it's refreshing. You know, when you spend so much fucking time in the New England Patriots locker room, you begin to, to question everything about what you do because everything, you basically could not go in the room and you could make up a quote, a generic quote, and it could be exactly what uh, somebody in there said, what everybody in there said, because that's what the Patriots do. They say one day at a time, you know, just looking ahead, you know, we're on to Sunday, you know, just got to work hard at practice. Um, you know, we just improving day by day, doing all the right things. They're saying all the right things. It's, if you, if you like entertaining quotes and, you know, you like to have something to write about, every once in a while you enjoy going in the visitor's room. So I went to the 49ers room and 
Patrick Willis, you know, we're doing interviewing him, and I was sort of one of the last media members with my recorder to go over to the media scrum around his locker, and I had asked the last question, and and I, maybe it was a stupid fucking question because as I asked it, everybody walked away, and it was just me and him, you know. You, but you like that, you like it, and you hate it because you say. Well, was this question that bad where you motherfuckers don't even want to be around this anymore? Like, you kidding me? Go ahead. You know what? Get out of here. Why don't you guys get out? I don't want you in this anyways. I'd like the one-on-one. You get the one-on-one interview, it's a, it, 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 it's a good interview. That should be a strategy. Ask a shitty just question. Just ask a terrible to, to question. To get people to leave, a, and then you start, you know, grilling the guy. Yeah, just a horse shit question, and everybody's <laughs> just like, okay, gotta go. Like everybody, like everybody's again. got all the great gold almighty fucking questions in there, you <laughs> bunch of clowns. Um, so anyways, sorry, not a, I mean, there's a lot of people I, I respect and, <laughs> and appreciate in there, but not in the 49ers. It's just, there aren't many local Boston media people in the 49ers room. So whatever, fuck them. Move, run out of the way of the scrum. I don't give a shit. Uh, so anyways, we did the, I asked a couple more questions and then afterwards, you know, I said, all right, Hey, thanks man. Appreciate it. And, you know, he goes to he goes to put his hand out for a handshake. This is Patrick Willis. Goes to put his hand out for a handshake. And, you know, I I'm thinking we're I'm thinking we're gonna go. That's a tough one. Yeah. You're going uh on top, underneath. I'm dap. thinking dab. What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I so so I go so I go immediately for the dap. Oof. Right? That's what I go. I go for the daps, right? Ballsy move. Yeah, it is a ballsy move. And, well, guess what? He didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, when he doesn't, when we're both now trying to make the the change, I'm trying to make the change back to an original handshake. He's trying to make the change to adapt. (laughs) And at this point, he's starting to think he's going to tuck with the the elbow. Wow. And now, I'm at that point, I'm back to the regular handshake. (laughs) And it turned into the most awkward handshake you'd ever see in your life. Um, think of it. Can you imagine oh, me and Patrick Willis having that type of exchange? <laughs> He's an absolute monster, right? And it just must have looked off. It looked weird. Maybe, I mean, I just, it was, I felt it. It was awkward. It was a real weird handshake. And, yeah. uh, and that was it. I mean, he was cool about it. You guys you didn't know. end up hugging We laughed. After? No, nothing, nothing happened. <laughs> it was just a weird handshake exchange. And I just sort of ran out of the room, uh, in embarrassment. <laughs> but that's my Patrick Willis story. <laughs> There it I'll is. See you later. All right, I'll see you. Okay, bye. Uh, that's my Patrick Willis story. Anyways, Patrick Willis is gonna retire. Though I want, I wonder. I wonder. Is he? Is he? he never, he's not gonna get the itch again. A team won't come calling. Hmm. A lot of stuff going on in the NFL. Did I miss anything here? What do we got? Oh, Brian Hoyer is gonna choose between Texans and the Jets. Ryan Mallett. It could be Hoyer and Mallett in Houston. That's what I'm. I'm reading from several places. So. I'll wait and see on that. But there's, there's more moves to be made, I'm sure. But my my mind is on Darrell Revis, and I need to know what's going to happen with him moving forward. Uh, and I just, I just hope for the Patriots' sake, and really for everyone's sake here in New England, that they do the right thing and give him the money and bring him back. You know, even if he tests free agency and there's a number that's crazy, make room. Make room. My concern is that somebody does get crazy. The Patriots are a team that that will say to themselves, that is nuts, and we can't do that, and we won't make room, and they'll move on. And if they move on, this won't be like the Tlaib situation last year 
where they end up upgrading at that position, there will be no upgrade. They who knows? They could bring in a pretty a decent cornerback that's better than what they currently have on the roster, uh, for to be that number one guy. But they won't be upgrading on Darrell Rivas. He is the best. Rivas is the best in the game, and there's not even a debate. So. Uh, we'll keep you updated all week on NFL stuff, NFL free agent news. There, you know, there's, there are actually games being played in professional sports. Uh, the NBA playoff race heats up. The Stanley Cup playoff race heats up. We have golf tournament. Uh, Dustin Johnson wins at Doral yesterday in the WGC Cadillac Championship. Even had some boxing on Saturday night. Pete, we watched a little of the boxing. Yeah. And uh, I, here's what I liked about it. I enjoyed it. it. Now, we didn't get to watch the third fight. I know. Uh, should we call him out? <laughs> should we call him out? Should I call him out? Uh, so, anyways, a bunch of our friends, um, you know, we, we out in Southie on Saturday night, just to, just for a little bit, you know, just, just meeting up with some friends. We were celebrating and, uh, a little bit. We were, we were celebrating a championship. Yeah, well, you were celebrating a championship. Yeah, I was. I think I was the only one. Uh, Pete won a dodgeball tournament over the weekend. Thank you. And uh, how many times have you won that? And still. How yep. many times have you won that? This is uh, the second year in a row, but three overall. It's funny because yeah. the story, though, at the Beer Garden in Southie was that there was some controversy with you win. Controversy? I, that's what people were talking what? about, right? What? Wasn't there controversy? No. What was the controversy? We got a few teammates that like to argue Dodgeball you know? tournament controversy. That's exactly heated. why you fucking downloaded it this gets podcast heated. today. It gets heated, you know? So we got some teammates that don't like to lose arguments. and. The people that do lose the arguments get mad. So, and you play the tournament like uh, like they do in the actual movie. Oh yeah, dude, it's intense. It is intense. See, Today I can't move. I'm still in traction right now. My my rib cage is crunched. My arm is killing me. See, people laugh at that shit. I, it's it's insane, dude. I've never had. I've never been more sore after a sporting event in my life. And I've played sports. I'm 30 well, years old. I played my whole life. Listen, people laugh. When you get, like, banged up in these <laughs> yeah. recreational exactly. tournaments on the weekend. And, yeah. and we have a – I don't know what it's like anywhere else in the world, but we have a lot of recreational tournaments in Boston, I feel that, like. That's true. Like there's, wonder... wi- like, there's wiffle ball tournaments all the time right. that we're playing in. Um, there's street several big street hockey tournaments Softball. in this town. Softball tournaments, stickball. Yep. You got a fucking dodgeball tournament <laughs> that you played in. I mean, anything else? Am I missing something? That – Friends play soccer. They still play indoor soccer. I mean, well, I'm telling you, dude. Yeah, like, you, I mean, you'd I'm be surprised. But there are a lot of recreational terms. But even the things that you would think might not require a lot of physical activity, like, all right, I'll say it. Wiffle ball. <laughs> all right, a weekend after a wiffle ball tournament, people think I'm people roll their eyes. I'm, I'm hurt. You're hurting. You're throwing over I'm what, 200 pitches, right? Yeah, and I pitch. Yeah. So. You know, and I usually make it deep into these tournaments, right? That's, well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's why you're throwing so many that's pitches. That's just what happens when, you know, you got a nasty 12 to 6 <laughs> curve. And, you know, like unfortunately, th- there's some people that like to turn up the heat. And, and they know who they are. They get called out every year. And I hope they can sleep well at night knowing that uh, basically it's a form of cheating. So, whatever. But anyways, I like to keep my speed at a normal pace. But even with that, with my nasty curveball that nobody can hit... I'm still hurting. I'm hurting the next day. Not only that, my plant leg. You know, I'm a oh, righty. My left worst. leg, my hip, yep. and the glutes, and, and all. Yeah, and also yeah. when you're swinging, I mean, and you're we playing a couple of them are run the bases tournaments. Yeah. I'm telling you, it works out great. But uh, 
Yeah, I'm hurting after those wiffle ball tournaments. And people roll their eyes and they laugh. Hurting after a wiffle ball tournament? I'm like, dude. Oh, I got heat today listen. saying I couldn't even get out of bed still, you know, two days later. Yeah, but it's it's tough. You know, you're sprinting off the line every every match. I have felt. And I don't lose those I've, matches. I've felt more. <laughs> you call them a match? Yeah, well, every Dodgeball time. match? Well, no, no. You, you sprint off the line to get the ball at, you know, at center court. No, I don't know. I've I'm never played well, in a dodgeball Okay, well, there time. you go. So every match starts with six balls lined up at center court. Mm. Both teams start on opposite sides. You have to run to get the ball. Yeah. So the match that I'm talking about is me head-to-head with this guy who's going to come try and get the ball, and I'm not losing that. Never. Mm. You never. You didn't lose not, one? Not the other day, no. I mean, I probably lost one now, maybe but in the past. That but could be a strategy where maybe they're just going to let you have no, it and no, take they're it first trying shot. As, no, they, they're trying as hard as they can to beat me. Trust mm. me. Wow. I call them out. Wow. wow. They know better. Mm. We'll see if... Uh... I still got that speed at 30, bro. All right. Still hurting, though. <laughs> Still hurting. Anyways, I didn't play in a dodgeball tournament, but that's, you know, we went out, uh, people in the tournament, went to the beer garden, and we tried to watch the third fight. There were three there were three fights on Saturday night. NBC is doing their new premiere um, fights, uh, basically trying to, you know, make the sport more viewable for people that might not have HBO or Showtime or pay-per-view, and I like it. And what I loved about it was the presentation. It was colorful, and NBC always has that colorful presentation, anything that they do, don't they? And and I think that helps even for someone that might not enjoy watching a fight. Um, the entrances themselves with the, with the fighters, they come in alone, they come down to the ring alone, and they come out of, like, you know, this big, off this big stage. And boxing fans probably won't like this when I say it. It had a WWE feel to it when the guys entered the ring. That's not the worst thing in the world for the sport to do, I don't think. I, 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 you know, I've wondered at times why they didn't make it more like that. You know, why they didn't sort of showcase the one guy. Now, it was a little awkward because you're not used to seeing it, but I think if you saw it a little more often, you know, a guy picks his own theme music, comes out alone, I, I think they could make that work. And I do think that would help the entertainment value uh, for the people that, again, aren't diehard fighters that don't just tune in to watch the jabs and the hooks and the point system. and You know, th- there's there's more to it that I think NBC is trying to add, which which I enjoyed. And, uh, you know, the first fight, Adrian Broner, I mean, he's an entertainer, and he entertained, right? He had some entertainment uh, value to that. Uh, the second fight, uh, you know, you get one you get one time. How about that nickname, one time? It's like a nickname that you create. In, in a video game, right? Um, goes 12 rounds. Keith, one time Thurman, beat Robert Guerrero in 12 rounds. And Thurman had that big lump on his head. That was a nasty lump on the top of his head. But he still ended up winning. I don't know what happened in the third fight because we didn't get to see it. We're at the beer garden and in Southie, and we wanted them to put it on. And, you know, you're hesitant to be that guy that's going to go to the bartender and say, Hey, can you put on the fight? Tough hey, can guys. you put on the fight? Yeah, there's a fight on. You want to put on the fight? I'm nah. interested, you yeah. know? But, you know, it's one of those things where you're watching the fight and you think it will be on because it's on NBC. So they got 1,700 TVs in there, including a big screen that's hanging over the bar that's, you know, the size of the building alone. And there's TVs everywhere. And they had, like, the worst college basketball games on of all time. There were, like, eight different ones. I'm going, listen, something needs to change. I don't want to be that guy. And we ended up, you know... One of the bartenders, we ended up asking. So what they did was they put the direct TV mix on the big screen where you get like eight little boxes. That's like the live action of all the sports mix. And the boxing was one of them. But you can't see that. 
And then we asked them, can you make a big screen? You know what they said? They said, no, we can't do that because we're afraid that people in here are going to start fighting. <laughs> what is that? I mean, I get what they're saying, but, I mean, we're watching a terrible college basketball game. I don't get the urge to start throwing up threes. Like, that's, like is that what happens? Like, if that's what really happened, I mean, we'd be... You know, we'd be leaving the bar at midnight every weekend, and we'd be finding, we'd be going down down the rink and playing hockey. Like we'd be trying to get a game going. Like that's, I just don't think you get into the mindset. And I know bar fights and the the you know boxing. I get it. I, I guess I get the logic, but I always thought that a bar couldn't put fights on because they can't play the pay per view fights, right? They can't play the pay per view. I mean, I've been at bars watching fights before. But Beer Garden couldn't do it. They couldn't put it on. They didn't want to, They didn't want people fighting. I'm going, what the fuck is going on in here? Uh, but anyways, we, that's why we couldn't watch the third fight. But in general, in general, I, I really enjoyed what NBC did. And I, I think it's good for the sport. I think it's good for boxing. Um, you had some fights this weekend in Madison Square Garden. Mark DeLuca. Is fighting. Is that this weekend, Pete? Yeah. We're trying yep. to get him in studio this week uh, to talk to him. He's We're doing his trunks here at, it, the, at the store. You, at screen, they at, do screen printing here at Beantown Athletics. They actually, yeah, they're putting together Mark DeLuca's trunks, should be customizable nice. trunks. Oh, yeah. Should be good. Uh, should be cool. And he's an up-and-comer in uh, the boxing world. I mean, he's there, right? You're fighting a Madison Square Garden. I shouldn't even say up-and-coming. You're there. Uh, you made it. Um, and now the question is, when do you get a title shot, right? That's really what it, what it works into. And, and, and you just got to keep fighting and, and keep winning. And he certainly has the tools to do it. We're going to try to bring him in studio. I'll ask him what he thought of the fights on NBC on Saturday night. But I did enjoy it. So there's a lot of other stuff going on outside of NFL free agency. One thing that I did see, we're just sort of looking back at the weekend here. Uh, NBA, NBA note, you know, we have the MVP talk all the time. People say LeBron, they throw out James Harden. I'm sorry. It's, I don't even know that it's close, but Russell Westbrook is your MVP. Okay. He's your MVP. Russell Westbrook, another triple double last night. Now he's wearing the mask. I think he's, he's a little tapped. Russell Westbrook is not all there. I'm sorry, he's not. He's nuts. And he's got the mask on, which doesn't make him look uh, any less nuts. Another triple-double last night and a win over a good Toronto Raptors team. Westbrook now has seven triple-doubles this season. Do you know how many... Here's the question for you, trivia question, Pete. Westbrook has seven triple-doubles this season. Take your hands away from your computer. I don't want you... Googling this. I was getting ready. Yeah, to no, do I it. don't do it. Westbrook. Has Why are you googling? <laughs> Westbrook has seven triple doubles this season. How many does Kevin Durant have in his career? You know the answer to that question. I don't. You don't. All right. I'm gonna take a Let guess. Let me tell you. Five. He has six. Ooh. So Westbrook has more triple doubles this season than Kevin Durant has in his career. Now I know Kevin Durant is the guy. He's the scorer, right? Uh, you don't, th- at least when I think of Kevin Durant, I think of scorer. I don't think of assist man. But uh, Westbrook, I'm sorry. When, you, when you're able to say that, and on top of that, you look at the fact that Westbrook leads the league with 27.4 points per game. Okay? Westbrook has played in 48 games. He's dealt with serious injuries. Kevin Durant's played only 27 games. I know if you look at the standings, the thunder of the eight seed right now. 
They're the eight seed. And you know what? If they get in, they might not get any better than the eight. They might not get the seventh because they're four and a half games behind San Antonio. And I think San Antonio gets to the point now where uh, Tony Parker turns it up and here come the Spurs, right? I think this is their time the next couple months. This is what they play for. They don't... They don't necessarily play for the first couple months of the season. Well, all of a sudden, here come the crafty vets, uh, the champion San Antonio Spurs turning it up a notch. I don't see Oklahoma City really catching them. So Oklahoma City's going to get in. They could get in as the eighth seed. And I know that doesn't look appealing. And you look at the Thunder and say, well, wow, you know, they're the eighth seed and you're going to give Westbrook the MVP? Well, yeah, I am going to give Westbrook the, the MVP because if they get into the tournament, you know, that's the worst news in the world for the Golden State Warriors who are the one seed. And who I think will get in as the one. They have five and a half games ahead of the two seed in Memphis. So, uh, Oklahoma City, they will get in, in my opinion. Now, New Orleans is right there with them. If them and Phoenix, they're not going to catch them. So, Oklahoma City's getting in. But take into account the injuries that Westbrook has dealt with. And also, Durant has only played 27 games. Kevin Durant has only played 27 games. And Westbrook, again, leads the league in points per game. And he's just been an absolute beast. And he has more triple-doubles this season, seven, than Kevin Durant has in his career. He has six in his career. Crazy. Westbrook's having an unbelievable year. And I don't care what their seed is. They get into the playoffs. They got a shot to make a run, you know, if and when Durant gets back. And uh, he's my MVP. He really is. But I should add that Steph Curry is obviously in the mix. For MVP. I, I thought I didn't even need to say it, but I might as well clarify. I've been raving about Steph Curry since day one. I do think that if he he has put himself into the conversation of best player in the NBA with LeBron James, uh, I never thought I'd actually be saying that, but Steph Curry has proven to me this kid is must-see TV. You saw the shot he made last night. He's dribbling through like four guys on the Clippers, and... He just put up a shot that even his coach was at the time going nine seconds on the shot clock. What are you even shooting that for? And then it goes in and he starts laughing. All he can do is laugh at that moment in time when Curry puts that shot in. Just an amazing shot. You know what I think of him as a player. But if we're going to pick MVP right now, I really do think that I'm going to give it to Russell Westbrook. I know the Warriors are the number one seed and they will be the number one seed. But most valuable player... Look, with Kevin Durant out, Westbrook, um, I'm telling you, he's just he's played just a, a remarkable. He's had a, he's had a remarkable stretch right now without the best player on his team and one of the best players in the league, and Kevin Durant. And also on top of that, he's been playing banged up. He's battled through injuries. He's missed some time of his own. Has come back and has turned it on. And he will really single handedly get the. Uh, Thunder, Oklahoma City Thunder into the playoffs. So I got to give, even though Curry's in the conversation, I, 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 you know how, how much I rave about his play and how highly I think of him. But um, I, I really believe that Westbrook should get the MVP. So that's my NBA bit for right now. NHL, Bruins here locally, uh, you know, I've been hot on them. I don't think they're going to make a cup run, but they have won four or five. So you do have to, uh, you know, you have to tip your cap to how they played here after the trade deadline. Their penalty kill looked good yesterday against Detroit. 
the couple energy guys for them playing. You know, the Bruins are at their best when Brad Marchand is is bringing energy to the ice, and he's certainly done that the last couple games. What three goals in the last two? So the Bruins are playing well. I still don't think they're gonna make a create make any type of run in the Cup playoffs, and I do think it's about next year. Uh, but certainly, I don't think getting into the playoffs is a bad thing because you do have some young kids like Pasternak, like Spooner. Uh, you get some more playing time for Furlan. Um, I think certainly Brett Conley, if he can return, which they're saying he might be able to, get these kids some play, get them some playing time. Why not? Some playing time in the playoffs, that is. That, that can't hurt. So, uh, we, I am rooting for the Bruins to get in. You know, to get those kids that playoff experience. And, and I think that is absolutely a good thing for them, especially if you get to next year where you got a team that could contend. You don't want the, you know, you don't want them uh, wetting their pants when they get to the tournament, right? You want them to get, even if they go in and they get swept in the first round, at least they get that, that taste in their mouth and that feeling of, hey, I don't want to feel like this again. So let's pick it up next season. I think it's just all signs of this team getting to the playoffs is a good thing. I think they will get in. And that's not even really me being confident in their talent right now as a group, especially defensively. I think it has more to do with the teams below them, Florida, uh, Philly, Ottawa. I I don't see those teams really making a serious push uh, to knock the Bruins out of that final playoff spot in the East. So uh, there's my uh, NHL really news of the day. And I'll, I'll close it out with a baseball thought. Spring training is here. I don't overreact um, to many things, really anything at all in spring training. And I certainly don't, you know, whether it's uh, whether it's success or, or failure, I don't, I'm not going to overreact. It's, it's foolish to do that. Uh, guys are working on certain things. Spring training baseball is not, is not something that we should be analyzing to the point where you know, we're putting the microscope on a guy in a situation. I'm not going to do that. It's just not the situation. The situation doesn't call for that. So I don't overreact to, to much, if anything at all. But I will say this. There are a couple things that the Red Sox need to do, and this is a front office thing. And you know how I feel about this Red Sox team. you got to add an ace. You have to add an ace if you want to talk about being a serious contender for a championship. Now, they might be able to get into the tournament without one, given the fact that they do have some depth in the rotation. But you need you need a couple. You not, don't just need one top dog. You need two. And if you can go out and get a Cole Hamels, then you make sure you do everything you can to do that. I still think that's going to be in the works. I still think they're going to make that happen. But a couple reports today that are related to getting a, a stud pitcher in here. One is Cole Hamels related. Nick Cafada with the Boston Globe says that out of all the teams that have come closest to acquiring Cole Hamels recently, it's been the New York Yankees. You can't let the Yankees outbid you for Cole Hamels. Now, maybe the Yankees are trying to do that. Maybe they're trying to get the Red Sox to add an extra top prospect, right? That wouldn't be a bad move on their part. But you know what also wouldn't be a bad move on their part? If they actually acquired Cole Hamels and the Red Sox didn't. That would be the best part of that move. If you want to affect the other team and your division, your division rival, you don't just make them try to see. You don't. You say, "Hey, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll make them give an extra prospect." Well, they'll still acquire Cole Hamels and be a better team than you. What you need to do is actually rip Cole Hamels out of the Red Sox hands if the Red Sox are close to trading for him. 
And that's one thing the Red Sox cannot let happen. I, I, they cannot let that happen just because they want to hold on to a couple prospects that we'd like to think are going to be very good players, but we, not, we don't really know for sure. Um, some people say, why not take a flyer on Cliff Lee? Well, Cliff Lee now has renewed elbow soreness, so once you hear that, back off, and don't go anywhere near it. Don't go anywhere near Cliff Lee if he has renewed elbow soreness. Please, don't do that. Sounds like he was playing dodgeball. Yeah, and, and, and another team to watch out for with regards to Cole Hamels, not just the Yankees, Texas Rangers. Hugh Davish going to have Tommy John, UCL strain. Tough blow for the Rangers. Uh, watch out for them in the Cole Hamels sweepstakes. And if I'm the Red Sox, you got to make a move and make a move soon. You know how I feel about it, the rotation. They need that guy, and he's available. you got the prospects to give up. Go get him. In the past, you've made these moves, and you know you really haven't been disappointed. I know people were disappointed with the way the Josh Beckett thing ended, but yeah, how can you be disappointed with the way it began, right, with a world championship because of him? You know, Beckett took the team in his back that year, and I, you traded Hanley Ramirez. Hanley Ramirez is back, but go back in time, knowing what you did after you acquired Beckett, got that 2007 championship, I'd make that move a million times over, and I wouldn't regret it. I will trade the prospects for the short thing any day of the week, and I hope the Red Sox, especially this season right now, with Cole Hamels avail- available, and who knows, maybe going the Yankees or even watch out for Texas, I hope the Red Sox feel the same way as me. But one one quick story uh, to close it out, uh, just to clarify something that, that happened yesterday um, on my weekend show on WEI. Now, and you know what? This isn't the first time I've done something like this because I, I'm like, I, and I said it yesterday on the air, I'm like Ron Burgundy. I, if you give me a read, you give me a live read, or you give me something, like, I'm going to read whatever's on the teleprompter. Like, that's just what I'm going to do. That's just what's going to happen. All right? I, I, I mean, you know, you can call me an idiot all you want. Fine. But it's, it's just. You're in the zone, look, man. Look, we do a trending now, right, at the top of every hour. Here's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com, right? You know, we give the top news. Now, I have, I have to, I come up with that. I have to write that before the show. Um, and then we end it with weather. We end it with weather report. And I'm, look, I'm brutal at the weather report. Uh, I, 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 I always tell myself I'm going to give a better weather, weather report, and then every time I do, by the time I get to it, all of a sudden it's, all right, hey, Danny, we're on in 10. I'm like, oh, shit, I can only give the, the temperature right now. That's about it. <laughs> um, so <laughs> you know, I'd like to say I'd like to – I love to give just a bang-up job on the, on the weather report and be like, and 70 degrees here in Boston <laughs> will cool down to 60 overnight with a chance – 50% chance of thunderstorms in the morning. That's what's trending now. You know, I'd like to be real smooth with the weather, but I, I never have it done in time. And that's on me. I fucking should. I'm sorry. And I will. You get, I can't wait. When you hear me one time, I'm going to have a weather report that's gonna, that is going to be fucking amazing. People are going to say, wow, we don't, even, we don't tune into this for sports anymore. We tune in to know what the weather's going to be like today and tonight and into tomorrow morning. Anyways... Yesterday, I do the read. I ended up with weather. I don't even know why I went into that weather rant because technically, what I'm a, the, the story I'm about to clarify really doesn't have much to do with the weather other than they gave me a, they gave me read yesterday. The producers gave me a read, a couple reads. They said, hey, it's 5 o'clock and then do it at 6 o'clock. And, you know, I asked because the day before I gave one um, 
for Lexus of Watertown, I think it was. You know, I, they gave it was real quick, and it's at the end. It's right after I give the weather. Actually, I I tried to get creative, and I gave it before the weather, right, just to mix it in, like to keep it to keep it in. You never know; somebody could hear the weather, and then they shut it off and say, "That's all I was waiting for was the weather." <laughs> so if they're waiting for the weather, well, they're gonna have to hear this read. Anyways, um. So I asked before the show, because I gave one for Lexus of, of Watertown the day before. I said, do, uh, do I have any reads today? Because it, it, it is unusual that I have a read on a weekend. And they you know, gave me a couple of reads. And this is, you know, this is me. I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. But I got to clarify, I was telling people to go to the boat show in February. And uh, I read it the first time. <laughs> and I got given the fucking dates, Pete. I'm reading the dates off. And you know what I did? I read it like 10 times beforehand before we did it just to make sure it made sense. And I read it and I said, make sense. Let's, we're going with it. And I read it. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> I, I read it. And I'm saying go to the boat show at the convention center in February. Um, and... And then we, we got the 6 o'clock hour, and I got Mike Giotti on the hotline waiting to come on, who did a great job, as usual. Uh, but he's sitting there listening, and he must have been like, this kid all right? People must have been listening to me. It's going, is this kid all right? Does he, like, does he know that it's not February 15th? That it's March 8th? And maybe he should figure out that the read he's given for the boat show already happened? I'm telling people to go to the boat show, and as I'm reading the second one, I figured it out. As I'm doing it live, I figured it out. And I finished the read the worst way I could ever possibly finish it. The worst way. And I just, I was so, I felt like a fool. I felt like a moron. And I'm thinking back, oh, I already read this. So as I'm reading it live, I'm looking over to the other sheet to see if maybe it changed. It was the same. I goes, oh, it was the same. I read it before. I'm reading it again. I've read it 20 times. And I think this is right. What's wrong with me? So, uh... it just, but this isn't the look. This isn't the first time it's happened to me. I need, I need to be better at this. I need to. You I, stay classy, I, San just, Diego. Just, just the I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> uh, I did the. You know, I did this too. Comcast Sportsnet. I did it on live TV. Patriots pregame, postgame, m- a couple different times. Like I get a read, and it's like, um, and and this is again. This is look to anyone that that anyone wants to make a big deal about this. I'm putting this on myself. I, this is an idiotic move on, on my part. Um, when I read something, I need to know if it makes sense or not. And if I think it makes sense, you know, I, I need to figure out if it makes sense better than I did. But anyways, on Comcast Sportsnet, you know, you do the read. They say, all right, coming up, Sports Sunday, you can catch me with, and it's not me, it's Felga. But it said me on the thing because it's Felga's read. I'm su- I remember this one. I'm actually. supposed to change it. You yeah. texted me. I did, you I... goes, Dude, you're hosting sports. You're not the only one. They're like, you hosting sports tonight on Sunday? That's big. Like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I said me. I didn't. Oh, I read it. I said, I'm hosting sports tonight. It's Felgas Reed. I read it. No, and I've read it a million times beforehand. I need to figure this stuff out. So I need, I need to improve at the reads. But Nice work, everyone. <laughs> Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. <laughs> uh, that's me, man. That's me. That's me. That's on me. Uh, you know, I felt bad for my producer, too, because, uh, it, it, you know, it, he was just doing, I was, so, I had sort of put it on him. Like, I know, look, I know they got a read for me. I gave one yesterday. I know they got one. 
right? And I think he was just going protocol, like, oh, yeah, huh? You know, um, tell me. So I just want to clarify, apologize to the people that, that people at the boat show, that people <laughs> who might have, the people who might have said, oh, did he mean March fifteenth? <laughs> Don't, no, I didn't. I said February fifteenth, and I fucked up. It, it already happened. <laughs> I was giving you, I was, I was giving you shit that already took place, because I read what's on the teleprompter. Okay, that's what I do, and I need to fix that. Um, it's funny because I ended the segment with Mike Giotti. I go, hey, make sure, uh, make sure you get to the boat show next February. Make sure you check out the boat show next February. Make sure you get down to there. But, um, sorry about that. Just want to clarify. Apologize. And uh, it's on me. So make sure you don't go on March 15th because it already happened. <laughs> sorry. Oh, breaking news before I close this out. Uh, they say Cliff Lee might miss the entire season. That was something I just read. Might. Elbow soreness, might miss a season. Let me put those things together and say, we'll miss a season. We'll be talking about Cliff Lee surgery in three days. That's what we'll be talking about. So, uh, you can catch me five days a week, dannypicard.com. Also on SoundCloud, go to soundcloud.com slash dannypicard. Follow me on Twitter, at dannypicard. Like me on Facebook. Uh, any news all week, we will break it down for you. NFL free agency, Major League Baseball news, and then we'll continue to check in on the Stanley Cup playoff run, uh, or at least the run the teams are having to try and get into the playoffs, finalize their seeds. Same thing in the NBA in those standings. Uh, but my NBA MVP, Russell Westbrook. No brainer. Russell Westbrook for MVP. That's my guy. I'm out. Talk to you tomorrow.